Hi, everybody, and welcome back, wait for it, to the Gazdaska Conlon team podcast. Yes, we're going with our official Corcoran names. Welcome, Jonathan. How are you, bud? How are you, Mr. Gazdaska? I am very well, Mr. Conlon. FAQs, frequently asked questions. These yes. are very, very important. These are questions that everybody likes to know when they deal with real estate, particularly in New York City. So number one, down payments. How much can one expect to put down when they go to buy an apartment? Mm -hmm. Number two, the timeline between renting and owning. And yeah. then the last thing is the steadfast rule of the value of balconies or terraces. Or the lack thereof. So one of the, one of the things that people always ask or, or are a little bit confused about if they're first-time buyers, et cetera, is the down payments that are required here in the city. So the down payment amount, and we're going to focus on cooperatives because the cooperative uh, is about 65% of the market share in on the island of Manhattan, and certainly in our prime neighborhoods that we work in. But all the co-ops, one of the biggest things that they place are restrictions on how much a, a buyer can finance, a proposed buyer can finance. I would say 95, if not even more percent of the co-ops usually allow 75 or 80% financing. When you get to prime like Fifth Avenue, Park Avenue, around Central Park, and some of the old money co-ops that you may like Beekman Place, Sutton Place, there will be a much more stringent restriction on how much a co-op will allow you to finance. And that can go all the way up to 0%, you know, Correct. they can say, nope, all cash. buildings will not permit any financing. Yeah, still a few out there. And what we've seen actually over the last five years, I would say five to 10 years is buildings actually increasing the amount of financing allowed. You know, I, mean, I can think of two buildings off the top of my head that they went from in one case, 50 to 75%, the other 50 to 65%. So we're seeing some loosening up and that has to do with you know, interest rates being low. And most of the people that are buying in these buildings have a fair amount of money and they have other places to go with that capital. So it's actually hurting the building to some degree or the income possibilities for their proposed owners if they limit that. I think it's really important for anybody listening is that just because you have the 20% down, down payment or the 25% down payment, that doesn't qualify you to buy a cooperative in New York City. One must have more than that to close and then to satisfy the, uh, the conscience of the board. And that's yeah. what's very important. And they call that post-close liquidity. And on average, a minimum of two years of living expenses. The co-op wants to see it. Yes, you're absolutely right. Just because a bank says that you could afford to spend a million dollars and they'll, they'll give you your financing of 800,000, you know, with 20% down and blah, blah, blah. It does not mean that the co-op is going to allow you. They use the same two rules of thumb, uh, the post-purchase liquidity that, that you mentioned, and then also your debt to income ratio, but they're going to, the co-op is typically going to want to see a, a smaller percentage uh, in debt to income ratio. So typically 25 to 30%. 
And then, like you said, you have to have money after you close. Around two years would be sort of a, a good rule of thumb. So you have to always keep that in mind. And it, but that's the short answer. 20 to 25% down, plus your closing costs, plus two years on top of that. And we're here to answer any questions. If people are confused or they want to go further, they just, just give us a call. We'll be happy to, to walk you through that. Next question. How much does a terrace or a balcony add to the price of a New York City apartment? This is a very, very good question. So when we go to value an apartment, usually the value of the outdoor square footage would be anywhere between 25 to 50% of the value of the interior square footage. So let's say the apartments were pricing out at $1,000 a square foot. The outdoor square footage would be valued at $250 to $500 a square foot. So that's how you would figure out and calculate the actual price per square foot for a condominium. Cooperatives are a little bit different. We would look at like co-ops, which have the outdoor space yeah. and extrapolate price from those sold and closed units in order to justify the pricing. There's, cert there's certainly like a, a bump that you get in value just for the mere fact of having outdoor space. Yeah. Pricing these apartments is more of a, an art form than a science because it doesn't mean you can't use the value of an apartment that doesn't have a terrace to help support value of an apartment that does have a terrace. You just have to account for it. Exactly. Yeah. So the value of the outdoor space is going to depend on series of factors. The difference between the balcony and the terrace. Yeah, let's, let's get the balcony to that. juts out from the building. So it, it hangs off of the building and the terrace is set back into the building. Yeah. And so many brokers, you know, they, they like the word terrace. It's a more appealing word. It sounds better. It sounds more luxurious. But so many people use terrace when it really should be a balcony because there is a there is a definition difference between the two, but they are used interchangeably by other brokers than myself. Okay, one thing that I think is very important to talk about too is where is the terrace position? Yeah. Okay. Oh my gosh, we have this amazing terrace in this apartment and it's off of the back bedroom. That is not going to be a great terrace there. You see, off the living room or the dining room or better yet, both rooms. And then an, a second terrace off the bedroom. Ding, 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 ding. So that will determine the value of the outdoor space as does, it might be an incredible terrace, but you might be up against another building. People don't like living in the fishbowl. So again, each property that has outdoor space is evaluated individually. And, you know, if you're in a big building that has the, the balconies stacked up and down, well, you can really kind of comp the apartment based on the other apartments that have traded in the building. Terraces are a little bit more unique. Okay. So last question. How to time your transition from renting to owning? So of course you can take that question a couple of different ways. One is when does it make sense to buy a place versus continue to rent? And that has to do with you know, very particular things. Longevity is your, is your friend. So if you're going to stay in New York for the next five to 10 years anyways, and you have the money to purchase, well, then it probably makes sense to explore that. It's probably going to be a safe investment. It's probably going to 
uh, hold its value and appreciate because longevity helps. So if you're only going to be here for a couple of years, unless you're buying in a condo, want to hold it as a rental property or something like that as part of your portfolio, probably makes more sense to rent. So that's one side of it, which is a whole podcast on its own. And we'll talk about that later. But the, really what we're talking about is the transition in terms of timing. The Transition is easy from a rental to a purchase situation in the grand scheme of things, easier than selling a co-op and buying a co-op when you need money to go from one to the other. But renting to owning, you still have to keep certain things in mind. And the number one thing is the length of the transaction itself. On average, you're about 90 days from the time you go to contract to the time you close. If you're financing, if you're buying a cash, it could be a little bit shorter. Cash, maybe you could, you know, on average, it gets closer to 60 days. But in a co-op, there's always that that question mark of the board approval. And what if there's a delay on the co-op side, which you have nobody has any control over. So the timing there is paramount. The other thing to consider is, are you the type of person that's going to need to see 50 apartments before you, you buy? Have you bought and sold a lot of real estate before? And you can make a decision pretty quickly. Or are you first-time buyer? Are you, you know, an emotional purchaser that really has to have the right connection based off your discussion with your broker? Are you looking for a needle in a haystack? So you need to plan accordingly how much time you need to actually get out there and look. I would say a healthy amount of time would be anywhere between like 30 and 90 days. I would say 90 days gives you a good amount of time. All of that should be tailored around a discussion with a, a good real estate agent. I would throw my hat into that ring as I know John Gastasco would. So if you have the discussion, you say, you know what? Let's start looking six months out. And if you find it great, I mean, if you find it in the first month, fantastic, you're lucky. And, the, and then you work on getting out of the rental early or something like that. You can never time it perfectly. It's highly unusual yeah. to time it from going from renting to owning. It's good when a buyer comes to us and says they're about six months out from their lease termination. All in all, I mean, I would say most of our buyers that we work with, and we always have exceptions to the rule, but I would say most of our buyers probably look for about 30 to 60 days mm -hmm. before they actually purchase a place. With that, seriously, hey, this was a lot of fun. Well, listen, if anybody has any further questions, we talked about a lot. There's a lot more to talk about, of course. We're good talkers. We're good answerers. Let's just recap. So one, frequently asked question. Percentage down in New York City. 20 to 25% down in most co-ops. 10% down minimum for condos. Two. Terrace or balcony. Value is the balcony or the terrace. Balconies juts out. Terrace is in. Uh, <laughs> value is going to depend on series of location in the apartment, the size of it. Yep. And then uh, anywhere between 25 to 50% of the value of the interior square footage. And last but not least, the third asked question. Transition between renting and owning. Give yourself time. That's the number one thing. Give yourself time. Put it out there six months to a year when you're thinking about when your lease is up so that you have time to plan accordingly and, and make that connection with the broker early. Sure. So great talking to you, bud. Now, good to talk to you as always. If you, anybody has any questions, you can find us, John and Jonathan Stell, nyc.com. We'll be changing to gazdaskaconlinteam.com. Coming soon. In the meantime, stay safe, stay healthy, and most importantly, remain in gratitude. Always good. See you next week. Goodbye.
Thanks for watching or listening to the John and Jonathan Sell NYC podcast. If you want to find us online or sign up to get our monthly and quarterly market stats, come on over to our website, johnandjonathansellnyc.com, or you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and everywhere else with the handle at John and Jonathan Sell NYC. If this show was entertaining, helpful, or informative, consider telling friends and family or leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts. Those are some of the best ways of supporting our efforts, and we would greatly appreciate it. Thanks again for tuning in. We can't wait to share what's coming up next. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast to make sure you don't miss our next episode, and we'll see you next time.